The Angel Feast the Magic Hour. The Angel Feast the Magic Hour. You're listening to Angel Face Magic Hour, your favorite podcast for all things mystical, magical, and more. We get into so many beautiful conversations, so get your notebooks ready, get your brains ready, and get ready to expand your mind, your body, your spirit, your consciousness with me today on Angel Face Magic Hour. See you in the episode. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the podcast. You are listening to Angel Face Magic Hour. I'm your host, Grace Lannon. I'm a psychic medium, an energy healer, an artist, and the host of this amazing podcast. I'm really excited, you guys. Right now, I'm sitting in the car recording this episode for you. And today, I just wanted to talk a little bit about spiritual awakening. I feel like this word is so, I wouldn't, I don't know if it's overused or it's just used constantly that I feel like it takes on a new life of its own. So I just wanted to talk about what spiritual awakening is to me and what my spiritual awakening consisted of. And if you guys have been listening to the podcast since the beginning, I have talked a little bit about my spiritual awakening and some of the Reiki episodes and some of the mediumship episodes, but I just wanted to kind of talk and tell the story again for new listeners and from a new perspective because I'm always changing and always expanding and that's what spiritual awakening is to me. So what is spiritual awakening? The concept to me means that basically you are bringing yourself into a state of awareness. So being spiritually awake does not necessarily mean we are enlightened, but it just means that we have more awareness than we did before. So for example, say you go to see your father for a hangout and you typically get this feeling of stress or anxiety um, once you come into this spiritual awakening it's not like the stress and the anxiety is suddenly gone it's just that you have a consciousness of what that is more than you did before now with that we can begin to heal and we can say Why do I feel this feeling of anxiety or fear or stress when I'm hanging out with my father or my family or at work or whatever, you know, the social experiences that you have that might stress you out are. But I think for me, it's just all about awareness. So I'm feeling this way right now. I don't necessarily need to know why or how, or how much longer, but I'm aware that I'm experiencing it in the moment. The why, the how, how much longer, these are the questions that are so hard to let, like, let go of. I always want to know why. I always want to know why. That's part even why I'm interested in esoteric studies, because I want to know why 
why are we here? You know? And sometimes the important question is not why, it's just what. So for me, spiritual awakening is just the simple fact that we are aware of something that we were not aware of before. Now that can include things like psychic senses, connecting to mediumship, connecting to our higher self, guides, healing emotional trauma, healing ancestral or generational pain or trauma, or developing deeper relationships with people in your life. Like all these things can come alongside a spiritual awakening and much, much more. But I don't think that's exactly what it is. It's to become a medium or to become a psychic. I don't think that is necessarily um, what spiritual awakening is because not everyone needs to awaken in that way. My intention, my goal by sharing my story and my awakening and my expansion is yes, to get people to feel comfortable with their psychic gifts or feel comfortable being a medium or feel comfortable and okay sharing that they have these experiences in the dream space or they have had experiences with aliens or ghosts or things like that. Yes, I want us all to feel comfortable with sharing those things, but my goal, my intention is just for people to feel more aware of where their emotions are and how they want to feel. So something that's been coming up a lot in readings and I did a an interview on someone else's podcast and it came up for him, but just like the shame of desires, like that people don't know what they want. And I think with spiritual awakening, I think it can show us what we want. And that doesn't come right away. Absolutely not. It's an unfolding. It's a lifelong thing. It's a multiple lifelong thing. Lifelong. Multiple lifelong things. I'm trying to say multiple lifetimes, but you guys know what I mean. It's not. There's no answer. And that's the part that we have to get comfortable with. Um, but that's kind of my perspective about what is a spiritual awakening. It's just having more awareness than we did before. And with that, it can come like the layers of psychic awakening with that. So if you're going to work on your spiritual connection, it does not necessarily mean that you have to work on opening yourself up to psychic abilities. Not everyone has to. Anyone could but not everyone has to. And that doesn't mean that you're not spiritually awake or spiritually aware if you're not connecting with um, like these more outside forces. It's really about awakening your heart, your desires. What do you want to feel right now? How can we get there? And being okay with not having the answers of how long it's going to take. Being okay with trust. Developing a relationship with spirituality, whether that is God, whether that is your higher self, whether that is through some kind of practice like energy healing. For me, that's what it is all about. 
or whether that's just connecting with yourself and your heart. It's building this muscle of trust and of faith and being okay with not having all of the answers. That's something, so Daly, who is my Reiki teacher, I did an episode with her years ago. Now, if you guys want to listen back to it, but I just remember instinctively, distinctively her sharing with me, just like, you have to be okay, not having all the answers and that psychic awareness, spiritual awakening is not necessarily that you all of a sudden know all the answers to everything. No one does. No matter how accurate you are of a psychic, of a medium, of a channeler, you don't know all the answers because you don't need to. So if I am like, okay, I saw a cool like um, sign or a synchronicity, like acknowledging it, but you don't necessarily always need to know what does this mean? Why am I experiencing this? It's just about I'm paying attention to it now and maybe I wasn't before. Again, it's all about awareness, you know? So I just wanted to talk a little bit about my spiritual awakening because it's time to share a little more. So for me, I have been expanding my ability, my ability to be clairvoyant in the last couple years. This is a gift that it's harder for me to tap into because I had so much fear connected to it. So as I expanded my awareness, I was able to see that those fears were there. And then I was able to see where those fears come from, how they originate and where they live in my body. And through that, I can continue to clear those fears in order for me to awaken my psychic gifts further and further. So clairvoyance, if just briefly, I'll just say is psychic seeing. So being able to see things with your third eye, so intuitively, like when your eyes are closed, being able to see things. But it's also beyond that, um, being able to see things with your open eyes. So if I'm looking at someone, I'm not just looking at them, I'm looking at their energy field, and I'm looking at the energies that surround them. So that could be... Also, clairvoyance comes up through signs and synchronicities. So seeing things in our physical reality doesn't necessarily only mean like seeing an apparition or a spirit in front of you. It's also those signs and confirmations that um, you're receiving a message. So for me, I love and I know I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I love to see the signs and synchronicities in numbers. I love to see the signs and synchronicities in like the guy in front of me at the grocery store has a shirt on and it says something that is relevant for me or seeing perhaps colors in my reality. So something I used to do and I don't do it that much anymore because I have built up the trust to know that I'm receiving signs and I don't necessarily feel the need to do this, 
But when I first started working with signs and synchronicities and seeing things clairvoyantly in my reality, I would ask for specific signs. So I'd go outside for a walk or go to the grocery store or whatever, and I asked to see a specific color. For me, I love to see hot pink. I love to see bright blue. I love to like be very specific. I want a periwinkle, like be very specific with the color and just see what I see when I go out into the reality. So maybe I see, again, someone wearing a bright pink shirt. Maybe I see there's a display at the grocery store of new candy bars and they're all in a bright pink wrapper. And it's just these little things being able to receive a confirmation. You can get even more specific. Like I used to do this with cars, like show me five yellow cars on my drive and see how how I can see that, how I can feel that, how I can experience that or asking for signs like show me um, pennies or money as I'm walking around and see how many pennies I can pick up. And yeah, of course, you know, their confirmation bias, people will say, oh, if you're looking for something, you're going to find it. Yeah, that's the whole point, isn't it? So it just depends on your perspective. If you see that as divine or you see that as confirmation bias. I like to see it as divine because that's how it feels to me. I feel the sensation in my body. So for me, yes, I'm clairvoyant, but primarily I'm clairsentient. So I feel and experience things throughout my body. I also am clairaudience. So I hear things, the spirits speak to me and I am claircognizant. So that's divine knowing. That's just like, you know, something that is kind of the hardest one I think to work with because there is no... um, confirmation until you receive it from a client or from yourself when the thing actually happens that you're receiving the download about. So for me, the clairvoyance started in layers. So as a child, I would see apparitions, I would see spirits, and primarily I would feel them and I would hear them speaking in my ears, (laughs) like little whispers. Some of these were scary experiences. Some of these were beautiful experiences. I think the main reason they were scary experiences is because I didn't understand what was happening, not necessarily because these were negative spirits or negative entities. I think that can be possible, but I don't think that was necessarily what was happening for me personally. I think these were ancestors, and a couple of them I know for sure were spirits that lived in the homes and stuff that I was living in or visiting. And I would see them. So I would see feet. I would see a shadow. I would see... I don't know how to explain this other than it looks like milk. (laughs) Like I could see the person, but it's like, like milk, it's opaque, but a translucent at the same time. I don't know how to explain that exactly. But so if my eyes are open, I would see like a body almost like in a milk form, <laughs> like this creamy white. That sounds nasty, but (laughs) I'm going to laugh and cough. I'm going to pause this. Hold on. I'm getting over a cold. And so every time I laugh, I start coughing and then I have mucus. So I just don't want to put you guys through that experience of listening to me hack mucus in your ear. But yeah, it's like this creamy white 
but at the same time, it is transparent where it's almost like I could walk into it and become the spirit, um, or I could have them walk into me and they could, um, they don't become me, but they show me what I'm looking for. So this was something that would happen to me as a child, but I didn't understand it. So again, it was like scary. I was like, mm, I wasn't really raised super religious, but I did, you know, my, my parents were raised religious. So we'd go to church and stuff every once in a while. And I did have an understanding a little bit about God, but I was not, um, like shown certain practices to connect with Holy Spirit or anything like that. So I really just developed these understandings on my, on my own. And I was deeply obsessed with God. I probably have talked about this before because I, it's just such a fun memory for me. But as a kid, one of my closest friends was raised Lutheran. This was elementary school. And after we live next door to each other. So after she went to church on Sundays, I would have her basically preach to me what she learned in church. And it was just like a really fun memory of mine to hear these stories about God. But I loved it through her perspective because it was so innocent. Like I feel like if I was actually at the church, I probably wouldn't enjoy it. And the times that I did go to church, um, it wasn't like I didn't want to be there. My siblings sang in the church at the congregational church. And so we would go, you know, for the the choir and for certain events and, you know, the high holy days. But I didn't want to be there. The main thing that I felt when I was in that room was fear and anxiety and I really feel like it was other people's fears and anxieties because oftentimes that's what people are seeking from God or from spirituality is to alleviate that fear of the unknown or the what if or what's going to happen next and so I feel like I was kind of picking up on other people's realities then when I got a little older, I wanted, I got obsessed with Catholicism and I had my aunt take me to the Catholic church a few times. And that's how my, that's my grandma's Catholic on my mom's side. So, um, I definitely resonate with that in like an ancestral way. And I, and I deeply, um, I'm obsessed with mother Mary. i deeply love some of the more, um, Catholic practices in terms of the rosary, in terms of candle magic. I mean, they wouldn't call it magic, but using candles, um, which is something that came up in a medium reading for my aunt. So my great aunt Ruth um, was Catholic and she, and I didn't know her in my lifetime, but this all came up in a reading that I did for my, for my aunt, my mom's sister, but she did a lot of work with candles and with saints and, um, specifically, oh, it was like St. Joan or something. I can't remember. I'd have to like go back into the, the, um, the channel to receive it. But she had a lot of, um, spiritual practices. I also know that other people in my family on my mom's side were nuns. And, um, we did have, I think we had a, a couple pastors, and uh, things like that. So I know that people had um, deep 
spiritual and religious practices in my family line, but I wasn't raised directly in that. So I didn't have these um, qualms, I guess, about connecting with things like the tarot or Ouija or, um, you know, mediumship and stuff like that. I think sometimes if people are, and I'm sure we've heard this on, on the podcast, having interviews with certain, um, people, but being raised in the church, you might have some fears connected to, is it okay for me to connect with something outside of, um, Jesus and it is my belief that everything is connected through the Holy Spirit, Christ consciousness. That is us. We are it. We are one. Um, and then, of course, there are spirits, angels, ancestors, loved ones, all these things that we can connect to. But I do see it through the stream of holiness where there isn't negativity or, or energies we need to be concerned about. It's all love, unconditional love. For me, God equals unconditional love. So that's what, when I refer to God, I'm talking about unconditional love, like someone that loves you through thick and thin, no matter what you do, no judgment. Um, the, the idea of judgment to me is more about ourselves and how we can break through the idea of we're not good enough or we don't deserve anything or regrets. When we are judging ourselves, it's often regrets. Like, I wish I didn't do this. I wish I didn't say that. I wish I didn't behave in that way. Or I wish I never did this or that. But to me, it's all about letting go of the regrets, letting go of what we did before and knowing that there's always a new tomorrow. There's always a new day, whether even in the future, there's always a new life. Um, in my perspective, I don't see us dying once and that's it. I see us coming back and I'm a big proponent for the idea of reincarnation. Um, so when I think about a judgmental God, I think that is not in alignment with what I see as a spiritual practice. So that is some of my issues with more religious connotations of God because it is this fear that is placed upon us to act good, be good, blah, 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 like rather than it being our divine morals like our ability to know what we want and what we don't that guides us rather than I'm uh, being guided by what I'm scared of not doing or what I'm scared of doing that is wrong so that was kind of a tangent but they they were saying talk about this so <laughs> let's talk about it um so for me I really got obsessed with learning about ghosts, spirits, and apparitions because I was experiencing them and I didn't really have anyone to talk to about it. Uh, my parents weren't like, they're pretty open to spirituality. My mom's let me practice Reiki on her and stuff, but um, we weren't having like deep conversations about the meaning of life or anything. Definitely not. So I started learning things from books and, and got really obsessed with 
reading about the paranormal. And then I started watching shows on TV. If anyone's my age, I just turned in 33. Do you guys remember the show So Weird? That show sparked so much for me um, in terms of like a desire to learn about the esoteric. That show, if anyone doesn't know, it was on, I think it was on Nickelodeon or Disney. I can't remember, but it was a live action show. Mackenzie Phillips was actually in it and her story is fascinating. Horrible, um, horrible relationship with her father. Very dark, deep, disturbing things. If people don't know about that, um, whole story with her and her father and sexual assault and things like that. I guess that's not sexual. I don't know what the term is. I always feel like I have to censor myself, even though it's on my podcast. But yeah, pedophilia. Um, anyway, I'm getting distracted. <laughs> Let's stay on task. So yeah, I was deeply obsessed with that show. That show basically was like this teenager and her father died. And she became obsessed with all things weird and wacky. And she had like a in this she had like a blog basically before blogs existed. And this they were on tour with her mom, who was a rock star, a singer, and they go from place to place. And each episode there was like a different paranormal thing that they were dealing with. Like ghosts. Um there was one that really stood out to me about like being stuck in time and I should probably do like a deep dive on So Weird because there's so much that that show awakened for me. So if you guys are into that, let me know and I will literally do an episode just about it. Um, But I learned so much. And then I remember specifically there was this bookstore that my family and I would go to. um, And I'm really hoping it still exists because this summer I'm going to the East Coast for the first time in like 10 years. So I would love to go if it still exists, but they had a whole section of ghosts, a whole section of paranormal. And I remember getting these books. I still have one of them getting these books about like, um, crop circles and UFOs and, um, what is it called? Pictographs, petrographs. I can't remember, but like in Utah and different parts of the country, there's like these images in the rocks and people, Um, have a lot of interesting esoteric ideas about that and I just became deeply obsessed and throughout high school I was always kind of into witchy stuff I loved like the craft and I loved movies like that and I was very inspired by you know magic but it wasn't until I studied energy healing that I started to experience it so obviously more than I had before and it brought back memories from my childhood of all the ghost experiences and then later all the alien experiences I had as a child that I didn't remember until later and I there was two two specific times where I remember um connecting with ghosts and seeing ghosts and feeling them and seeing apparition and um I had remembered that my whole life but as I opened up spiritually I began to remember more and more and more of these other experiences and since I have been exploring more of my connections with aliens I have had memories begin to surface around some supernatural experiences I had probably around eight or nine years old and I am still working all that out I'm hoping that I I truly believe this summer going to visit my grandma and everything I'm gonna have a lot of memories surface 
Um, and that's going to be really interesting. And I'm excited also just to do some energy healing for my grandma. I have done energy healing sessions for both of them, but never in person. So it should be quite interesting. And then I did a medium reading for my, for my dad's mom. Um, and so I'm excited to kind of expand on that, but I do think it's going to bring back some memories, just being in a place that I grew up in, um, both in Connecticut, which is where my grandma lives and Massachusetts, which is where I spent most of my, um, youth growing up. So basically as I began to study energy healing, the, clear sentience got stronger and stronger and I began to develop my understanding of what is mine what are other people's and what is a spirit's energy and that's something that I'm going to continue to continue 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 to develop until I die probably I'm never going to truly know everything and you won't either so that's okay but it began to, yeah, began to develop this differentiation between those three kind of things. So if someone was getting a session with me, I would begin to feel their energy. And then if spirits were coming through, I was beginning to differentiate between I'm feeling stuff in your body, I'm feeling stuff in your spirit, but I'm also feeling this other energy come through. And that is way different. And that's when I began to understand, okay, I'm not just a psychic I'm a medium. (laughs) I am a medium and I do see spirits. I do connect with loved ones and more traditional mediumship. But what has been way more um, accessible to me is connecting with people's higher selves, connecting with aliens, connecting with angels, um, And these more like higher vibrational energies, I do connect with dead people, quote unquote, but it's way easier for me to go out and um, connect with these very high vibrational energies than it is to connect with a dead being, a dead person. (laughs) Um, Not because they're necessarily low or dark or trapped or anything I don't really I don't really that's not really that's not really something I want to talk about right now but you know people can be stuck between planes but that's not very common and um I don't wouldn't be worried about that but um how do I explain this yeah it's just so much easier for me to meet the guides than it is the ancestors and I think part of that is releasing fear of um, disappointment like if someone wants to connect with their loved ones and they might not necessarily have something that you want to hear it might be more intense or more uncomfortable. And that is something that I'm continuing to release fear of. Of like, sometimes the reading is not lovely, not like joyous. It's more emotional. And that's something that I'm continuing to develop my ability to hold that space for others. And not in a way that is, I'm so sorry for this or that but it's like I see you I feel you I know you and I 
am here to share this with you. So that's just something I'm continuing to work on. But in terms of the clairvoyance, the last maybe three years, I've been working deeper and deeper on it, releasing the fear. I did a class back in 2020 with this woman to work on my ability to go into the Akashic Records, which is something that was very natural for me. But now I have a little bit more framework of um, how to do that and how to show others to do that. And eventually I'm going to teach a class on it that I'm excited about. I've been planning for years, but it really helped me release that fear of sight and it's okay for me to see, especially when it comes to death or to um, pain. It was hard for me to see it because I was feeling it at the same time and it was just so uncomfortable. And now I'm beginning to cultivate my ability to trust the visions and not have to receive a physical confirmation as well in order to share them. Um, because when I first started, it would be like, oh, I'm getting a vision of this, but I'm also ex feeling this excruciating pain. And that helped me understand, okay, this is where the pain is. This is where this happened. This is the evidence that I can share. And that was extremely helpful, um, but also scary for me because I would be nervous to go into certain sessions because I knew it was going to be so deeply uncomfortable for me. I'd also get a lot of nausea. I still get a lot of sweating. I do sweat a lot, like when I tap into spirit, um, especially when we're doing an energy healing. I'm like sweating my ass off. And I don't know if it will always be like that or if I can do it differently, but. These are just kind of like my experiences and I just wanted to share because I think that they might help people understand themselves more. And um, so with the sight, I began to see things more in my inner vision, in my third eye. When I close my eyes, I begin to see things way more clearly in terms of beings, entities, energies. But I also have begun to see things more when my eyes are open. So one thing that I see all the time is light codes. And I, um, to me, they look like shapes, symbols. It's like scrolling information. And if I want to, I can pull that information and take it into my body. And then I can translate it into English because when I see it, I don't necessarily know what it means, but I can feel it in my body and it feels very nice. But so those to me, I've always drawn them. Um, I, I've always drawn them, but I didn't realize that what they were until later when I began to see them with my eyes open, I'd be looking at a tree and all of a sudden I see all these symbols and sigils and grids and beams of light and like all this stuff kind of projecting out of the tree or if I'm doing a reading for someone else and I've talked about this before but I'll see their face shape shift and morph and turn into something else or I'll see almost like uh yeah just codes of information around them to me it reminds me the only thing that I can liken it to and I've share this with people it's like it reminds me of the matrix the movie where they have or like any kind of hacker movie where there's like scrolling text like html like coding for a website it's like that for the world 
That's the only way that I can explain it. It's like coding. So they look like little letters, but they're not English. And if I touch them, they provide sensations. If I put them in my body, they provide clearing. And if I integrate them into my mind, I can begin to translate them. I think eventually I'll be able to translate it without having to like do too much. But right now it's still like a manual translation almost like it's not automatic. So sometimes it's easier for me to just channel, open up the channel and they just speak through me. Um, if I get confused about what I'm looking at, because sometimes it's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> what is this, honey? Um, so it's been quite interesting. I think one thing I, one time I had this experience, this was maybe 2021 or 2020, I can't remember, but I was outside in the evening, the sun had set and the stars were in the sky and I was looking um, at this light I had and it was a motion detector light and the light just went on. So I just like noticed it and looked over at the light and all of a sudden there was like this mist. I don't know how to explain it other than that, but it looked like if you were, you know, you go to the grocery store when the um, vegetables are getting their little bath. It's like this mist. That's what it looked like. It was a mist all around the light, but there was no water, no moisture. It wasn't raining. It wasn't like a, like physically there. I could just see it with my eyes. And also I'm seeing this tree morph <laughs> into a frog as we are speaking right now. That's really crazy. Wow. I wish you, I wish I could just plop it what I'm seeing to you. But some of you might might get it anyway, <laughs> if you're open to receive. But yeah, it was just like this mist of energy. And if I were to try to grab it, it would disappear. But if I tried to pull it and move it and manipulate it with my hands, I could create shapes with it. And I could put it into my body or I could put it into... Um, the space that surrounds me, but I couldn't pull it. I had to push it, if that makes sense. So I was like pushing this energy through and creating like a vortex and it, and, um, it basically went into my brain and like cleared layers of uh, what looks like plaque. It looks like plaque. I hope I can do this to my teeth. That would be fucking sick. <laughs> but it looks like plaque. And I was kind of just taking off um, those layers through manipulating this mist. And that's the only time that I saw the mist with my eyes open. I have now been able to call forth the mist and have it, you know, come in when I want it to. But I don't see it with my eyes open. I just see it with my eyes closed or I feel or know that it's there. But um, that was the only time that I saw it with my eyes open. And through my experiences expanding my clairvoyance, I began to see and more 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 UFOs. So that's been very fascinating. It's almost literally every day that I see one. I'm not even exaggerating. Um... And now I see them during the day. I see them at night. 
I see them going anywhere, (laughs) anywhere. They're there. Um, and the part that I'm still working on understanding is, okay, were they always there? And now I just have more ability to see through like dimensions or planes or time or whatever we want to interpret that as. And I'm seeing them even though they're always there. I just now am aware of it. Or if now that I know that I feel comfortable connecting with them, that they're coming forward more and more. So I don't know if they're actually more or if now I can see what I couldn't see before. So that is probably confusing. But honey, I'm confused too. Um, And I definitely have had spirits come into the room that I'm working in. I will see them in my mind's eye, but I have not seen them in with my eyes open as far as angels go. I just see them in my mind's eye or I will see orbs sometimes, but oftentimes when I see orbs, it's through um, like a video or something like that. And, you know, of course, lighting plays a factor. If we take a picture of the sun, we're going to see orbs because it's like rays, you know, but, um, they're usually in ways that don't make sense in terms of lighting, um, or dust, you know, dust can create orbs on a, on a photograph or on a video, but they look different than that. They, they look different. And I'm always going to go for a logical explanation I'll I'll try to figure out a logical explanation before I just assume okay it's spirit but I'm feeling the truth I'm knowing the truth so if spirit's there I I already know it but I'll give I'll give world the world the benefit of the doubt and say okay maybe this is uh maybe there's an explanation for this beyond just okay there's uh cosmic realities we're tuning into but so for me the awakening has been very interesting because it's helping me understand myself more. It's helping me understand the world around me more. But it's also helping me tune more into, yeah, that vibration of unconditional love. Because I think the one thing I I don't want for people is when they w- open themselves up spiritually for them to just get dragged into rabbit holes of fear or rabbit holes of I love a good conspiracy but you know you guys know what I mean you're getting sucked into this unrealistic um story even though of course seeing spirits is not realistic to most people but it is still based in a reality where it is helpful for you and not harmful for you if you're tapping into a spiritual practice whether that's energy healing mediumship yoga, whatever it is for you. And it's helping, it's making you feel unstable or in fear. That might not be the practice for you. We have to clear layers. Like I was scared when I first started doing this stuff. Um, but there's different kinds of fear. And I feel like when you experience it, you'll know the difference between I'm just a little nervous to break open and tap into this. And this is a fear-based energy and it's just dragging me down and making me feel like uh, the world is ending and apocalypse, doom. And that was my whole mindset 
before I got into spirituality was I was so, so fucking scared about the end of the world and apocalypses and dying and natural disasters. And yeah, those things are fucking scary. And unfortunately, we're experiencing a lot of them. But I have broken out of the idea of um, when things are negative, that everything else has to be negative too that we can't experience simultaneous joy and pain. Yes, we can because that's life. There's always going to be pain. There's always going to be bullshit. There's always going to be scary shit. There's always going to be sad stuff. There's always going to be whatever, drama. But that can also occur at the same time that you're experiencing joy and love and peace and surrender and feeling good in your body and for me with the spiritual awakening has um continued my ability to learn to take care of myself so it's not just creating these practices like meditation where I'm going out it's really about creating practices like meditation where I'm going in so I love to go out 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 I love to connect with the Akashic Records I love to meet these alien friends and all that But for me, the spiritual awakening is learning that it's okay to go in as well. Deep, deep, deep into the center of the earth. Deep, deep, deep into the center of your heart. Deep, deep, deep into the center of your body. And knowing the difference between um, disassociating and astral projection, that has been a big thing for me. Um, And that's not something I know how to teach people yet. Maybe I will someday, but for right now it's just a knowing that I have where I know when I'm projecting outwards in a controlled manner and when I'm projecting outwards as an avoidance or a way to escape pain or even boredom boredom is the death of me you guys so that's something that I'm learning to be okay with is stillness does not equal boredom but anyway that's kind of a little bit about my experiences with spiritual awakening and I wanted to just share a few more things before we close out so you want to work on your spiritual awakening of course you do you're listening to this podcast but I just wanted to give people a few little homework assignments just to give you something to focus on when Perhaps you're feeling overwhelmed of what direction to take when it turn, when it comes to your spiritual practice. So if you're wanting to work on clairvoyance, two things I recommend. Asking for signs in your reality, like I mentioned, going to the grocery store saying, please show me hot pink today or please show me an owl today or something very, very specific. Seeing what you see. Also... If you're wanting to work on clairvoyance, working on a color visualization practice. I might have some meditations on my YouTube. If I don't, I will definitely create some in the next couple weeks. But basically beginning to attempt to visualize other colors in your mind's eye. So asking to imagine. I know I have a purple one. Anyway, I'm getting distracted. I'm getting distracted. I will create some more color meditations and it will be fun. But for now, what you're going to do is just closing your eyes and seeing if you can imagine the color red. Then do that for like a couple minutes. 
then move on to orange, then move on to yellow, then move on to green or pink, then move on to blue, then move on to purple, then move on to gold. So those are the colors of the chakras. That's just a representation. You might see them differently, but you could just start with the root, visualizing the red, and then going all the way up to the crown, which you can visualize as gold or even like platinum or silver, something very ethereal. But you're just going to attempt to visualize that color and see if you can see it in your mind's eye. If you cannot, that's okay. It's going to take a lot of time and diligence and practice, and you're just going to keep trying. But if that feels inaccessible to you and you're not ready to visualize quite yet, you could do something simple as sitting in meditation. So you're just going to sit in cross-legged position or sit um, with your back against the wall, whatever is most comfortable for you. And you're going to stare in front of you. And in front of you, you're going to place a piece of paper, the color of the color that you're trying to visualize and you're just going to stare at it for a couple minutes start with red do that for a few days then move on to orange so and so and so so if you want to work on clairvoyance that might be a really fun practice for you and eventually you can begin to ask to visualize shapes or images or go to something like my guided meditations or someone else's guided meditations where it is having you visualize scenes and imagery and that will really help when energies or spirits are coming forward for you to understand what you're seeing so that's a little tip for clairvoyance So I hope that you enjoy that and I hope that you take advantage of it. And we'll talk more about the other Claire's. I have Spirit School, which is my psychic development class. So if you want to get like super deep into this, I I don't know when I'm launching it next, but it's again on my mailing list so you can stay up to date. And of course, I offer mentorships so we can always do this one-on-one if you're really wanting to deepen into it. But those are just two really simple beginning exercises to start with. Then something that you could also do in terms of like expanding your spiritual awareness is keeping an emotion journal. So I'm sure someone on Etsy makes one you could like buy, but you could basically just have a small notebook. I like to have a little tiny one that I can keep in my pocket, but during the beginning of the day, the middle of the day, and the end of the day, just writing down how you're feeling. It could be one word. I'm feeling tight right now. I'm feeling bitchy right now. I'm feeling sexy right now. I'm feeling silly right now. I'm feeling nothing. I don't know what I'm feeling. Am I feeling anything? Just writing down how you're feeling. Not trying to change how you're feeling If that happens, we welcome any miracles. If you're feeling like a fucking bitch, if you're feeling really angry, we welcome you to release that anger and feel good, feel love, feel positive, feel laughter, feel joy. But that's not what we're necessarily trying to do. We're just about observing. So I would do that for a couple weeks just to see how you are feeling. So you can begin to understand your feelings So that if you want to deepen your spiritual awareness and begin to connect with guides or loved ones 
or angels or whatever spirits, you can start to feel the difference of their feelings versus yours. A divine energy like an angel, like a spirit guide is probably going to feel very positive. But sometimes if we're connecting with ancestors or loved ones, we might be experiencing their pain or their emotions. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just helps you understand who you're speaking with. And it also helps you understand how you can transform your reality because perhaps you're still holding on to the pain of 17 generations before you. (laughs) Who knows? Um, So I just would suggest people try it out. If it feels overwhelming to you to do that three times a day, I totally understand. Try it in the morning. Just do it in the morning. Or do it at night right before bed. I just bought a new planner I'm really excited about personally because for some reason, I always start planners in July because I did that one year and now I feel like I have to. But also my birthday's in June, so it's kind of like a fresh start for me. But it's just a planner, a daily, weekly planner. But what I liked at the bottom of this, and I'll post a picture on my Instagram so you guys can know what I'm talking about. There was there's like these little smiley faces with different expressions and you're able to note like the expression that you're feeling that day. So yes, good, fine, blah, whoa, nope. Those are like the expressions. So something like that could be fun for you, like having just little drawing little smiley faces or sad faces like to express how you're feeling if you don't feel um, like you can come up with a word that sums it up. But I would just give it a try. Just give it a try. See how you're feeling. See how it feels for you. And I think it will help you understand yourself more. And it will help you understand how you're influenced by the world around you. So perhaps you're feeling amazing and then you interact with someone and then you're feeling shitty. doesn't mean that they're a shitty person. It just means that you might be energetically open where you're picking up all their stuff when you don't need to do that. That's not your responsibility. So spiritual awakening for me is also about cultivating boundaries not only with spirits and the world around you um, of like energies, but also with people in your life. And that can be the hardest part is creating boundaries because oftentimes, at least in my experience, and I've seen this with clients as well, we feel guilty for saying no or for, I don't want to do that or whatever we're feeling. We are blasted into a feeling of guilt and there's probably 3,000 reasons why that happens. But we don't necessarily need to know why right now. We just need to know that it's okay to change. And it's okay to make different decisions than you did before. And eventually, maybe you can get to the bottom point of why do I feel guilty? Does this have anything to do with me? Or is this having, this is an inherited thing or something like that. Um, also on a side note, speaking of inherited emotions, I got, I'm going to hopefully have the girl come on here and talk about it, but I got a session with this person from TikTok who does the emotion code, which is a book. And I recently started reading it and I do really, um, think it's very interesting. So maybe we'll talk more about the book, um, when we talk to her, 
but she basically this was a distance session so I haven't talked to her but I just we did it all through email and she just cleared stuff for me and then told me about it and the stuff that she cleared for me was all inherited emotions from my mother and my father's um you know, in my ancestry. So some of the shame and the feelings that I was experiencing weren't even mine. And I'm very intrigued to see how I feel as I continue to clear those. So I'm going to talk with her and hopefully we can get her on the podcast to talk more about it because it was quite interesting to me. I just saw her on TikTok and she was talking about how she cleared um, an emotion of pain or something for someone that had been held in her DNA for 67 generations, which is absolutely a fuck ton of time. So that is really wild. And, um, but then she posted like, oh, I'm wanting to do a couple of free sessions for people. Cause I guess this is a newer offering for her. She does other kinds of healing work, but this is like something she's just starting to learn about. So I was like, Ooh, that sounds like something I want to do. And I would have paid, but I love a free offering as well. So I, I, I reached out it worked out, spirit aligned it. And we cleared, I'm not going to get specific because it is about my parents and I don't want to like, you know, share their emotional stuff, but it was a lot of guilt and shame and stuff like that for my parents and further back in my ancestry. So that was really interesting. And I'm hoping, yeah, we can get her on the show to talk more about it because oftentimes emotions that we hold in our body might not necessarily be ours. It could be inherited. It could be generational, but then it could be also the people around you because you might not have as strong emotional and energetic boundaries as you could. So There's many different ways to work on energy boundaries. I always suggest creating some kind of visual tool for yourself. Um, And then I also am a big proponent for a physical tool as well. Epsom salts. Always do the job. Clear energy field with salt. Incense. You know, the, the usual. But I also love like a protective talisman or something like that to to remind you this is a physical reminder of what I am closing myself off to or what I am opening myself up to. I have this one necklace that my mentor gave me and it's a amethyst and she basically encoded it with all this healing information for me and gave it to me. And so every time I teach Reiki um, and some other stuff too, but specifically Reiki, I wear that necklace because it has this code of information for me and it helps me channel. But I also um, will use certain crystals if I am going somewhere where I don't want to be open. And also just having simple like little phrases that you can say to yourself. Like I always do an opening prayer when I'm opening myself up. You know, help me see, feel, know, speak the truth. Like etc cetera, etc cetera. I go over a lot more about the prayers and the guidance and the protection in spirit school but that's just a little idea for you having some kind of talisman or necklace or anklet or whatever that helps you feel shielded and or helps you feel open and connected so and that's why people often you know you might see a spiritual person covering their hair um 
or like, you know, you'll see monks and stuff wearing certain uniforms. It's like aligning you with that energy. So for me, the color of orange is really expansive for me because it's it's helping me heal my sacral, which is something that I'm continuing to work on just from like sexual trauma and other stuff that I, and physical things um, that I've been continuing to work on for years and years and years now. But I'm still continuously drawn to wearing the color orange because it helps me embody that. But monks also wear the color orange because it's like the color of this perpetual student, like uh, creative expansion, like we're always continuing to learn. So perhaps there's a certain shade that you like to wear or even all black or all white. Like you'll see that a lot in Kundalini. A lot of people were all white and you're like, that's a little culty. And yes, it is. But it also has its purpose. Um, or people might, yeah, wear all black. A witch, you think of her in all black. That's like protecting your energy, cloaking your energy, wearing a literal cloak or um, more in ceremonial magic people go sky clad aka naked to do their spells so there's many different ways that you can create this um like boundary but also just simple phrases that you can say out loud like right now i'm open to connect or right now i'm not open to connect lauren unger when i was working with her would explain it as office hours and that always resonated with me like I'm open right now from 9 to 6 p.m. And the guides can come through and the spirits can come through and the ideas can come through. Whether I'm in a session or I'm doing readings or whatever. But at 7 o'clock, y'all gotta go. It's time for me to chill. So creating these um, containers of space for yourself to expand. Um, Right now, I'm doing a challenge and this might just inspire someone. So I'll just share this briefly and then I'm going to bounce and I'll see you in the next episode. But I'm doing a challenge as of today, which is July 1st. Well, I started it yesterday, but it's a July challenge, but I just got it early start on it. (laughs) But basically what I want to do is meditate every day in the month of July and I'm going to be doing it for seven minutes and I'm going to be meditating in silence and I'm going to be meditating outside And that's just something I want to do to continue to cultivate my ability to clear my energy, my ability to tune in, and my ability to let go and release. Because I love my guided meditations. I listen to my own all the time and listen to others all the time. But um, I'm just being called to do something a little bit more traditional, which is just like literally sitting there and meditating. So if that sounds something interesting to you, I encourage you guys to do it for seven minutes all of July and let me know how it goes. And that also inspired me. I'm going to be doing some more energy healing meditations on my YouTube. And we're also continuing the releasing your fear meditations. Those are coming as I am receiving them. So we did a fear of success and then all this stuff cleared out for me. It's been very interesting. Um, And so I know the next one is also going to be a transformative healing thing for me. So I'm just doing them whenever spirit tells me it's time. So then, so those are on YouTube. Releasing your fears is the point of those meditations. So I'll be continuing to do to do those, but I am feeling called and inspired to do something a little bit more beginner friendly because my meditations tend to be 20 minutes at the shortest, probably more like an hour. And that's a lot for people who haven't done that before 
or just the the idea of you see the video and you're like 45 minutes I can't do that so I'm I am called to do a couple little shorter ones so I'll probably um, be putting those up in the next few weeks and I'll let you guys know all about it our sale just ended so thank you for everyone who booked sessions with me if you guys want to book a session with me and you have never booked a session with me before, know that there is always a coupon code in the show notes for podcast listeners. And thank you so much. I hope that this was insightful and helpful for you and just helped you bring a little bit more awareness to how your spirituality is expanding. And of course, if you have questions, please reach out to me, email me. And if you ever so kindly could, please leave us a rating and review review being the most important part please i'm trying to get us more reviews because that's the way that our podcast grows so give us a review on apple if you don't have apple you can give us a rating on spotify give us five stars if you feel like this is a five-star show and um alternatively you can always leave us a comment on youtube and just let us know what you liked about this episode and perhaps some ideas for future episodes, anything you want to learn about, anything you want me to dive deeper into. And yeah, I love you very much. Thank you for listening and happy cancer season. I hope that you guys cry and release and expand and bring peace and love and happiness into your heart at the same time, knowing that it's okay to feel all the things that you're feeling and nothing is wrong and everything is the way it should be in this moment. So I love you. Bye.